0: Hello! Welcome to another episode of ESEC Lending Insights Podcast. I'm one of your hosts for the podcast series. This is Brooke Gilman, and I'm coming to you on a wonderful summer day, August day here in Burlington, Vermont. And I'm joined as well by my co-host, Peter Basler in Westport, Connecticut, who is Still recovering from this week's storm, Issa um, down there, who they were actually hit pretty hard. So I'm going to take the lead here to get us started. But for this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing the formation of Global Peer Financing Association, which is GPFA. And GPFA is a nonprofit association that was formed just recently and recently announced by four major pension funds, those being the California Public Employees Retirement System, CalPERS. The Healthcare of Ontario Pension Plan, HOOP, in Canada, the Ohio Public Employees Retirement System, OPERS, in Columbus, and the State of Wisconsin Investment Board, SWIB, out in Madison, Wisconsin. So, today we have the pleasure of having two of the original founding member firms join us as guests today to discuss the reasons for the formation of GPFA and this Global Peer Beneficial Owner Member Association. We'll also have the opportunity to better understand what GPFA is, and also importantly, what it is not. We'll hear from our guests about what the group hopes to accomplish within the securities lending and repurchase markets in the years to come, and what the association expects in terms of additional global beneficial owners becoming involved. So with that, I'd like to introduce you to our guests. And our first guest today is Chris Benish, who is a Managing Analyst with the State of Wisconsin Investment Board. And Chris has been with SWIB since 2007, located in Madison, Wisconsin. And Chris is a Managing Analyst in the Asset and Risk Allocation Group at the plan, which is a $128 billion U.S. pension plan. So Chris, how's it going? Thank you for joining us.
1: Very good, Brooke. Thanks for having me today. Great to be here.
0: Thank you. And our second guest today is Jerry May, who is a senior portfolio manager at the Ohio Public Employees Retirement System (OPERS), and Jerry has also had a long tenure with his organization and been with OPERS since 2004, and it looks like lending since maybe 1992 or the early 90s, I believe. So Jerry's coming from Columbus, Ohio, and he is responsible at OPERS for the oversight of all the cash management within the plan, totaling approximately 17 billion, as well as the Securities Lending Program for the $91 billion U.S. pension plan, and Jerry is involved in the oversight of these areas broadly across all interactions, operations, legal, trading, technology, both their external agent relationships, but also managing both their cash and securities mm-hmm. lending team, which is their internally managed group. So Jerry, how's it going today? Thank you for joining.
2: Good. I'm excited for the conversation today.
0: Wonderful. Good. Good. So I'm going to turn it over to my co-host Peter to kick us off here and thank you again.
3: So Chris, maybe we'll start with you. How does this kind of this peer-to-peer activity, how did it come about and how do you look at it in your organization?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've been attending securities finance conferences for, you know, over a decade, you know, since I first started at SWIB and, a lot of times as part of those conferences, there'll be beneficial owner focused sessions where beneficial owners get in a room and talk about issues that are important to them and, you know, share information and things like that. And over the years, a a topic that came up time and time again was, you know, peer to peer, interactions and how, you know, to foster more of that. And so I think that, you know, kind of the very early seeds of this organization, this association kind of stem from some of those early conversations that we had at the, you know, the various closed door beneficial owner sessions at the industry conferences. And it's, it's been a long road, but it's been, it's been nice to finally see this association actually get launched into the world. Oh, from your side, Jerry.
2: Yeah, very similar. Uh, We uh, have been talking about uh, doing some peer-to-peer transactions for a long time with a number of uh, individuals, uh, Hoop and Calpers in particular. And so, yeah, we finally uh, got some momentum. Uh, Things seem to gel together within the last couple of years. Uh, We've been doing some transactions with Hoop in particular, and then Swib as well over the last year. And so, yeah, things things have come together. I think there was a lot of excitement from a lot of our peers uh, when we discussed this in some closed-door meetings, and and people seemed to be uh, very receptive to the ideas.
0: So, Jerry and Chris, what do you, you know, I know that it was, it's a group of four pensions that have been the founding members of the association, and ultimately, you know, the four of you have really been in close communication for now a few years in sort of a working group mindset originally i believe just more with the intended goal to how do you, the four of you all eventually do more with one another from a transaction from either a lending or repo perspective per se but you also i know have been doing quite a bit of work to help put in place structure and guidelines for you know how you can get to the place where you're able to do these transactions with one another Can you maybe talk a little bit more about what ultimately you guys experienced along the way of sort of informally working with one another the past few years?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say it really has been an evolution. You know, the, the early discussions were, you know, very theoretical, like, you know, hey, this is a good idea. Everybody seems in favor of it. Um, you know, as the the group kind of whittled down to kind of the four pension funds that were, you know, kind of init- you know, the initial founders of the the association, we we discovered we had complementary needs. Some of us needed to borrow securities. Some of us were interested in lending securities, and you know, it led to conversations around well, how can we do this on a you know bilateral basis and what we learned along the way we tried to share with other folks in the industry you know again through our contacts through our networks through conferences things like that and you know the discussions were always really well received people had lots of questions you know and i think what we came to realize is you know each organization is going to be slightly different each has its own wrinkles its own kind of challenges but, you know, for the, from the four of us working together and establishing those ways to interact and ways to trade with each other, we were able to solve a lot of different things. And so the whole, you know, that then began to, to kind of crystallize into this, well, what if it was an official kind of knowledge sharing organization that could come together and, and kind of share what we've learned and continue to help folks um, solve these kinds of challenges. Cause I, you know, I don't think we've solved everything, but you know, I think we've come a long way from where we were just a few years ago before, before any of us were trading with each other.
0: So what is, then can you define the types of additional members that you might be seeking for GPFA?
2: Yeah. I mean, we're, we're looking for any large asset holders that would include mutual funds other pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, insurance funds, endowments, uh, you know, it, it would run the gamut. And I think the, the more diverse the membership, then I think uh, there's more opportunity for each of them to benefit from the relationship ties that we would have with one another.
0: I presume that they don't yet need to be doing this type of activity, but perhaps I mean, are there any sort of prerequisites in the sense of, you know, needing to be engaged in the lending and repo markets already today, or?
1: I would say no. I mean, the, the whole idea is really to help folks, you know, along wherever they might be in kind of that evolutionary step, right? So some people will come in with really well-established programs, lending, repo. Um, you know, maybe already have a lot of bilateral, you know, uh, connections that have been made. Um, other folks maybe are just in the exploratory phase, trying to figure out if this is a good idea or not. And, and really, the purpose of the organization is just to bring all of those different perspectives together, bring all of those questions to the table, and help people try to address them.
3: Quick question, guys, on, on credit. As you guys know, everyone has guidelines on credit on counterparties. I know that's, that's been something that's been forefront as far as a challenge. How have you guys together kind of thought about that and kind of gotten over those obstacles?
2: Uh, certainly a, uh, a hurdle, a uh, challenge, specifically for public pensions uh, that are used to dealing with rated counterparties. You know, we've, we've come together to come up with a more formal document that we think could be used. We've all submitted th- that document to each other. We've come up with a list of questions and data fields that, you know, our organizations seem to look at and and need to look at so that they can uh, get comfortable from a credit standpoint. And then we've also been able to uh, kind of piggyback on external parties and their offerings, specifically through Credit Benchmark, who has devised a a means of looking at some uh, non-traditional counterparties and aggregating some data there that uh, provides a third-party source for us to look at as well.
1: And I would say too, you know, one of the one of the things we talked about early on in the discussions amongst the the pension funds was the fact that at the end of the day, rated or not, we're all really pretty good credits right because we're just a big stable pool of assets and so from a credit perspective there's there's sort of this intuition that we're all good credits but at the end of the day we also still need to kind of demonstrate that um to you know the various credit committees or oversight boards and things like that so um it's definitely something we spend a fair bit of time on and and talk through um at length to to try to help folks overcome what was needed for their own credit processes
0: so essentially your credit um process has been somewhat had to been modified in terms of how you might think about these types of not traditionally rated counterparts and you know putting in place new procedures is 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 that fair to say that that sort of your credit groups have had to play an integral role in this process to get comfortable then
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, everybody's had to make some adjustments to how they evaluate credit counterparties through this process, because it is it is new for almost all of us. And so, you know, it was but it was also, you know, the the various pension funds, the, the broader pension funds, you know, that we all come from recognize the value of this, recognize the, you know, the good the good credit rating that the the peer pensions have, they recognize the alignment of interests that, that benefit everybody and, you know, kind of recognize the, the additional, you know, capacity and, you know, lending ability that we would have if we went down this road. So it ultimately ended up being worthwhile for all of us.
3: What about like from a legal and operational perspective, right? How do you guys see this? Is it just peer facing off with peer, or is there going to be an agent in between? Do you see both models kind of coexisting depending on the trades? Cause at the end of the day, all of these are still bilateral trades, right? So how do you look at that, the, those two constructs, the legal and the, and the operational side of things?
2: Both, I think, are currently being used among the four of us. So whether it's through an agent or, you know, face-off one-to-one, I think both would be supportive. You know, it's, I think, within the purview of the, each counterparty as to how they, they prefer to do it.
1: And again, it you know sort of speaks to the kind of the unique nature of each pension coming into the the marketplace right so the the peer association is not meant to be a trading platform it's not meant to be a um you know facilitating trades it's really meant to be a knowledge sharing and kind of a place to to grow that network and and kind of figure this out for what it means for you for what it means for your organization. And you know the the operational or the legal aspects of it. You know a lot of that people are familiar with the uh, you know whether it's a global securities lending master agreement or if it's a, a master repurchase agreement. Those are those are the kinds of things that we're trading under now. The same things that we trade under with our traditional counterparties. Um, at the same time, you know a lot of us utilize our existing lending agents as part of this process. It's just we make kind of more formal connections to other peers and and utilize the that kind of existing infrastructure to help facilitate trades that maybe otherwise wouldn't get done outside of the, the the existence of the peer connections.
0: It's almost a way for beneficial owners that are interested in this to, especially those that rely upon an agent lender, um, to essentially look to direct part of their program to certain counterparts that are, that are peer counterparts. And, and, and maybe it's fair to say, because I think, Chris, what you were just describing is that you then can rely upon that agent for standard documentation, for operational framework, but also, you know, maybe going back to the earlier point around credit um, indemnification, perhaps as well. If the agent is happy to indemnify that peer counterpart um, or that transaction, if if it's necessary to the beneficial owner.
1: Yeah, and I think in many cases, folks have had success doing that in in helping, the, you know, their agent understand the benefits of this and that this is not meant to replace trades that are happening today but it's additive to the overall program um, and I think the the agents have been receptive to that and and you know willing to engage in discussions around identification things like that I, you know from our organization standpoint you know we we look to peers for a repurchase agreement capacity right so we're doing additional repo that we wouldn't have done otherwise um, we haven't gotten rid of our existing counterparties we've been able to add some new ones um, that have been overall additive to our program and given us more capacity to, to do the kinds of trades when we want to do.
0: Right. And I think it's important to note from our perspective, at like lending. So we work with a number of our clients right now to support these types of peer to peer activities. And we absolutely see it in the same way where if it's um, it's, it's been additive to their programs, bringing an in additional incremental revenue to the over-existing activity they can do with traditional banks and broker-dealers on either lending or repo trades. And if it's good for their program in terms of revenue, it's ultimately good for us as well. And to date, we, we have not seen it erode any other existing balances or, or lines of businesses as well. So I, I really think that this is a positive add broadly in the industry um, and just another way, it's another true source of liquidity. It's, you know, it's for, for some, it's a, it's a great other avenue towards liquidity facilities, as an example. And I think it's a positive, I think agent lenders hopefully view this as a positive over the long term as well.
3: And how, how do you guys think about this as a, as a portion of your business? You see this as a, like a 10% portion of your overall business or bigger, or do you think this can be, you know, a material part of the market? Or how, how, how do you think about that?
2: from our perspective, it, it's not a material add to our program right now in terms of size, but but it was not meant to be at this point. Uh, we're growing it. So, you know, we've gone through a process, all of us have, to be able to do this together, to put the pipes in place, to put the operational processes out there that people, you know, can be more efficient. We, we've gone through the headaches <laughs> For a a lot of us have and so that others don't have to. Uh, They can learn from what we've done and and we anticipate that yes it's going to keep growing to be who knows what percentage but I will say it should be a material part of what we do going forward.
1: And for us you know I, I think what I really like about it is the optionality right so when I think about you know a lot of our investment strategies revolve around optionality and Putting in place these kinds of relationships and these kinds of structures give us that optionality in the future for if our traditional counterparties you know, have different priorities, have different capacity limits, things like that in the future, this gives us other places to go to tap liquidity in the market. Um, you know, we, from Swiss perspective, like we kind of started these discussions in earnest, you know, three, four years ago when we had trouble finding counterparties willing to fund our treasuries. You know, the treasury market was just that there weren't, there wasn't a lot of dealer balance sheet available. Um, there weren't a lot of people interested in, in giving us that, that capacity. The world isn't you know necessarily like that now. There's there's a little bit more flexibility and more people willing to, to fund those sorts of trades, but that may not always be the case. Um, but at the same time, Time, you know, we haven't slowed down in trying to build out our stable of additional counterparties so that if things do change in the future, we have more options available to us. And how, um, if people are interested, how should, how can they get involved?
3: You know, are you guys willing to talk to folks? Is it, you know, what's, what's the process?
1: Absolutely. I would encourage people to reach out. Um, Globalpeerfinancingassociation.org is our website. Um, On there, you can learn more about kind of the the foundation of the the association, the folks that are involved. Um, There's a link to join. Um, It's a fairly straightforward process. And it's really just meant to be, you know, let us know you're out there. Let us know you're interested. um, And somebody will reach out to you and kind of, you know, fill you in on where we're at. Uh, we, we intend to have quarterly meetings of the, with the membership to, you know, give people a chance to connect with each other, share information, um, and kind of come together as a community to, to help, you know, move this stuff forward.
0: There's a lot of other associations related to securities financing, whether on the lending or repo side. I think this is the first real group solely dedicated on the beneficial owner side What do you see, and and obviously you guys have come together largely centered around the concept of peer-to-peer opportunities and lending and repo, but what do you see as some of the other longer-term possibilities for benefit to beneficial owner organizations by becoming a part of this and or maybe even, you know, working with other associations in the industry to to support or advocate for other areas?
2: I would say that um you know, from a broad perspective, which is what I'll address rather than specifics, but, you know, as a network organization, we're trying to move from where our environment is dictating our actions to where we shape that environment. And and that's really, I think, the genesis of why this started and what we hope to accomplish going forward. From my perspective, a lot of, a lot of our peers, I, I think, should be willing to be part of that, that type of, organization that shapes its environment rather than having it dictated to them as to how they should behave or to act. So I think the possibilities there are fascinating, uh, certainly uh, interesting going forward. And, and I think that you know, it, it's, it's really exciting to me to be able to do that, that type of approach.
1: I think much of our industry is, you know, it it grew up out of what the banks needed, it grew up out of what broker dealers needed, you know, certainly a lot of the, the legal agreements that we operate under are written from that perspective and so this is a chance to kind of take some of that ownership um, as beneficial owners, and say, you know, this is what this is what we need. These are our assets. You know, here's how we want to, here's how we want to operate, and the kind of the environment we want to operate in. And so, you know, the the I think the association will evolve over time, and and depending on what the needs are of the various members that are part of it. But um, I think what's exciting is like this is one of the few organizations out there that truly is for and by um, beneficial owners.
0: That's great. Yes. I think that uh, I, I saw that the motto is what, buy side for the buy side or <laughs> buy side better, by the buy side?
1: Better together. <laughs>
3: better together, yes. Chair, I think that's a great point with the way you get to shape your environment, because I think there are a lot of, a lot of organizations out there that are driven by other constituents, not the beneficial owner necessarily. So I think that makes this organization extremely unique. So Hats off to you guys for getting this done and uh, and bringing years of conversation together uh, in a formal way. So I think uh, another quick question, guys, is what have you heard from your peers, other pension funds? Anyone anyone reaching out with questions, comments, concerns uh, since this announcement? Any any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think there's been a lot of really positive uh, momentum that's carried forward. I mean, even from the the conversations that we had before the formal launch. You know, it's people continue to be really interested in what the group's doing in um, the direction that it's heading. Um, and so we've had a number of really productive conversations with folks that are interested in getting involved.
2: Yeah, same, same from our perspective. Uh, we're getting a lot of positive feedback, a lot of people uh, asking questions. So yeah, momentum seems to be building and uh, we're excited about the, the possibilities in the future.
0: I think just having greater beneficial owner engagement in the market is a huge positive, regardless of the specific underlying transactions that you all might be engaged in directly. But just having you know growth and beneficial owner education and engagement is, is a big positive and I think we'll pay dividends over, over time for all.
3: Great. I think that's, that's gonna be a wrap on this uh, GPFA podcast. We at ESEC Lending are really excited to be part of this and I think this is a great thing for the marketplace and there's a lot to come. And so with that, I'm going to thank our special guests, Jerry May from Ohio Public Employees Retirement and Chris Banish from Wisconsin State Investment Board. You guys appreciate your comments and uh, good luck with this uh, association going forward. And anyone listening that wants to participate, we'd love to hear from you. All right, have a great day, everybody.
0: Yes. Thank you both. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
3: Thank you.